0: Hello world and welcome back to the Down South IT Podcast. My name is Clark and I want to thank you for listening today. Uh, in our digital world, it seems there's nothing too insignificant to have Wi-Fi built into it. It seems everything has Wi-Fi built into it. Everything is connected to the internet. So today we're going to actually kind of dip our toes a little bit into the smart home ecosystem. Kind of give you some background on what makes these devices smart, Quote unquote, smart," And we'll delve into the brains behind the smarts a little bit, and what you can expect in the future, and even get into a few things to kind of help you keep your devices and information safe in the long run. And as always, don't forget to check out our past episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can always be up to date with the goings-on for the podcast on the Facebook page, at It. I'm always posting good articles on there, show updates, and also good, you know, a few good old-fashioned memes and funny pictures because everybody needs a good laugh now and then. So uh, you can also email me if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas at downsouthit@gmail.com. At and uh, if you've seen the Facebook page recently, which I hope, at least I hope you have. Uh, I did a promotion right after the last episode uh, dropped for an Amazon Echo Dot, uh, and that was for a giveaway. And I want to take a second to congratulate our winner, Tara Aikenhead. Uh, Congratulations to her. And thank you, everybody, that took part in the giveaway. I appreciate the time you took to do that. I do appreciate it. Um, At some point in the future, I'll do another one, so don't despair. You will have another chance to win something free at some point in the future, so just hang tight with me. We'll get there. I'm kind of planning on possibly doing some unboxing videos or some of that nature later on, and I'll probably do giveaways for the stuff that I use in those videos. At least that's kind of the direction that I'm heading in, so just be patient with me. Keep an eye out, and I will let you know on the Facebook page and also through the podcast itself so now on to our topic for today uh, IOT otherwise known as Internet of Things and this is the basically the overarching structure that's behind all of the smart home products that are out on the market today and there are lots of them I mean it's everything from outlets to light switches thermostats light bulbs floodlights cameras doorbells even your major appliances can be technically smart devices Now, a formal definition, according to our good friends at Wikipedia, is that IoT is the network of physical devices, vehicles, home appliances, and other items embedded with electronics, software, sensors, actuators, and connectivity, which enables these things to connect, collect, and exchange data to create opportunities for more direct integration of the physical world into a computer-based system. Resulting in improvements, efficiency improvements, excuse me, economic benefits, and a reduced human exertion. So let me inject a little bit of St. James Parish in this to try to make it make a little bit more sense. The Internet of Things is a bunch of sensors, appliances, and electronics that have an internet connectivity built into them so that they can talk to each other and a larger cloud-based server in order to work together to save you time and stress by automating different activities. I know, my definition is better, huh? I kind of figured it would be. So why would you want these things in your house in the first place? Well, the most obvious thing is you can control it or monitor different things from anywhere on the planet with a smartphone. But having all these things connected and at our disposal 24-7 is giving us real-time data that we've never had before. We can monitor our homes, make sure everything's okay, make sure our families are safe. Uh, You can even check the fridge to see what you have in there so you don't buy something that you already have. You can check cameras and talk to your kids when they come in from school. Or you can even drop in on your pets to check on them, even play with them using some devices. But in the larger scheme of things, smart devices can also do a lot of other things too besides just automate our houses. Uh, large cities can use different smart devices to help reduce congestion by updating us with road signs I know here in Louisiana we have the the signs that they have up on the interstates that'll show you your time from that sign to a specific place in the the next city ahead that's technically a smart device because it takes all of that data and gives you back a result on top of that it's not just road signs that they can use it on they can Install different sensors on large structures, warn us when things like bridges are starting to become unsafe or if they they sway too much in the wind. Uh, Utility companies, they're even starting to use these uh, smart meters. That way they can get their meter readings without even having to go out to your house. Everything comes to them and they, they don't have to send anybody out. You can also have sensors out in the open that can monitor environmental and weather changes that'll warn us before things happen, like strong thunderstorms, uh, electrical storms, tornadoes. That data can be sent to your local meteorologist to make sense of all of it. And from there, he can issue the watches and warnings that we see and hear on the radio and on TV. You can even have sensors underground that can help out farmers. They can show them soil composition, the nutrients, water content, That'll give him all the information he needs on how to fertilize a water or water a certain field to get the best yield that he can out of that area. And all of this data happens in real time. It's amazing what all of these things can do. And the best part is all of these smart devices can be t- set up to tell us anything we want. We can we can literally have any data we want at our fingertips anytime that we want it. So just as a quick example of the automation side of this, just a, just a quick example. Let's say you got several smart devices all throughout your home, you, you know, several different things. Once they're set up, you can actually have your coffee pot turn on in the morning when your alarm clock goes off. When, you're, when the coffee pot turns on, it turns on the kitchen light so you're not fumbling for your coffee in the dark. Then you go about your regular morning routine when you leave for work all the lights turn off coffee pot turns off your house alarm turns on the door locks without you having to lift a finger that's the reality of the modern smart home that's the automation that's built into these things and all of this is can be done now it's not this isn't a future thing this this is can this all of this can be done now which is kind of cool another cool thing with all all of these devices they can be set up to learn your patterns most of these devices all of the they, they besides talking to each other and talking to a server, they actually learn your patterns, your habits so that they can automatically adjust to what you want them to do. And they call it machine learning. And basically what that is, that's a really basic form of artificial intelligence. But these things can only do so much with the data that they have that they can share amongst themselves. So that's really the reason why all these devices are connected to the internet. All of the data that they collect is sent over the internet back to a cloud server to be analyzed. That cloud server will sift through all of the data coming from all of the devices in your house, all of the plugs, everything. And it will decide what's relevant and what isn't and sends back the modified instructions to that device. So like I was saying earlier, the coffee pot, Earlier was getting data from your alarm clock. When the alarm clock went off, the coffee pot turned on. Well, if you also have a smart car, the coffee pot knowing how much gas you have in your gas tank on your car isn't relevant. So that data is tossed. But all of the devices will communicate with each other and the cloud so that that way they can adjust to your living habits and your routine. Now, take a second real quick and think, how many smart devices do you think there actually are out in, the, out in the world and in use right now? You got a number? Okay. The latest number I could find was from 2017, so it was over a year ago, and that was $8.4 billion. That's with a B. So, over a year ago, so you know there's at least that. Probably more now. They have some estimates of saying by 2020, there will be 30 billion smart devices in use. Now, personally, I think that's a little high. The newer tech like this is somewhat slow to be adopted, you know, in the mainstream. But once it's adopted, that's when you see the spike in numbers. It's just like anything, even with cell phones, it did the same way. But if you think about it, even if it's close to 30 billion, that's huge. That's insane how many devices that is and oh by the way uh, another fun fact too i was able to find out while i was researching this the very first appliance that was ever connected to the internet was a coke machine at carnegie mellon university in the mid 70s a coke machine and of course why did they do it well because they could no i'm I'm lying uh the main office actually (laughs) the story behind it is the main office kept moving on the floor that that coke machine was on and it kept taking longer and longer for people to walk and go grab a coke so they installed micro switches into the coke machine to monitor which rows were empty because this was the old school coke machines if you know the old ones with the glass bottles you know they they each had rows and that kind of thing but um if not kids get your grandparents to explain it to you anyway they put sensors in to where they could tell which rows were empty and how long each of the up, the rows that weren't empty were actually in there before since they were filled. So that way they knew which ones were cold before they even walked up to the machine. Cause I mean, who wants to have a, a hot Coke whenever they, they want something to drink? I know I don't. How cool is that? I mean, just the fact that somebody took that initiative, that was kind of cool. With all the good that these devices can do for us, all the automation, everything, there's gotta kinda be a downside and a bad side, right? Well, there is, so back in 2017, they had hackers that were able to hijack thousands of smart thermostats and use them to take down one of the largest DNS servers in Europe at Dyne Corporation, uh, at Dyne DNS. And if my memory serves me right, we kind of discussed what a DNS server was on a previous episode, but just for a quick highlight. A DNS server is a server that has a giant table with all the IP addresses and popular URL names associated with them, basically in a giant table. And when you type a URL into your browser, Chrome, Firefox, or whatever, you type in the URL. Well, the first thing your browser does is send a request to a DNS server. That way it can find out the correct IP address associated with it so it knows where to go. Now if a DNS server is down like that, especially that one that big, you basically cripple the entire internet for, a re- for an entire region. That being said, with especially that with the hack last year, a lot of the manufacturers for these smart home products have started putting more emphasis on security for their devices, which is a good thing. They want to make them more difficult to, to hack, not more difficult for us to use. So. We all have to be mindful of our security when we're online. That's just kind of a that's something that we're going to have to deal with in, in this day and age. So what can you do to keep yourself safe if you have a lot of these smart home devices already? Well, one thing that you can do is give them their own network. Now, most of us probably have a third party router at our house that we're using. Uh, third party would be, you know, your Linksys, Netgear, you know, that kind of thing. Well, not one that you got from your internet provider be it your know, DSL or cable but one that you got outside of that most if not all of these routers have a guest network on that router now the easiest thing to do is to have to go ahead and set up your guest network with the SSID or which is the Wi-Fi name and a good strong password and attach have all your smart devices connect to that Wi-Fi network Now, why would you want to do that? Because guest networks can be cut off from all the other networks, your private network. Most of these manufacturers will call it either private network access, or in my case, I have a Netgear uh, router here, and Netgear calls it network isolation. And what that does is it basically, it'll give all the devices that's connected to it a way to get to the internet. Nothing's blocked in that sense. None of those devices have access to anything on your private side of your network. So, all I can do is help you just in case. Now, once all of these devices are connected, you want to go ahead and enable your network isolation or disable your private in- network access. That way, nothing can come across and the two networks are separate. Now, whenever you do have to add a new device or anything like that, you can go back in your router, enable that network access or disable the isolation, set up your new device with the app on your phone since that's how most of these are, are done now. You, you actually set them up with the apps on your phone. Once they're set up and have the internet connection and everything is set up, then you can turn it back on and cut it back off again. Now the, it's not 100% foolproof you know. with doing this, most of the devices will work once they're connected and everything but there are a few out there that have to be on the same network if you're going to use them it, most of these will work on the guest network like that they won't have you won't have any problems but it may take a little bit of a little bit of trial and error with it just to see what works and what doesn't like i said the security part of it kind of outweighs the the aggravation of setting it up so what if you don't actually want to go through all that trouble if that's too much of a pain Uh, Is there an easier way to keep your devices safe, you know, if just god forbid something happens? Yeah, there is but it's a little bit on the pricey side. I'm all about saving money because If if you already have the equipment, why not utilize it, you know, but if you want to go a different route They do have several specialized firewalls that have come out recently and their main focus is basically Stopping your smart devices from getting hacked now they have a bunch of them that are out, uh, but the one with the most features uh, and control that I can find and the one that I think had, probably has the most potential is called Cujo. Kind of like the old 80's movie with the scary dog you know, Cujo. Well, basically what this is, this is a little a little firewall, it's about the size of a softball and you hook it up between your modem and your router so that all of the, the traffic passes through it. Now this actually has a firewall, antivirus, and anti-malware all built into it. It will protect you from phishing scams, hackers, and can even monitor everything that comes in and out of your home network. So you can actually go through and tell it what sites you think are trustworthy or not, and you make the rules. You can prevent devices from sending out information that should be private anything that comes into your network is scanned for viruses and malware and if it happens to have something attached to it it's automatically eliminated all of these rules and everything can be configured either they have a web interface on it or they even an app they even have an app for your phone you can do it all from your phone they actually have a cool thing that this does say something comes across that your Cujo has not come across before it's something brand new you know nobody knows what it is what it does is it stops that information dead in its tracks and sends whatever that happens to be if it was a file or anything like that it sends that file directly to its servers the information about that threat is figured out and disseminated back to all the other Cujo's that are online so basically all everybody that has one of these firewalls is working as a collective if if one of them ha- sees something new that none of the other ones have then it's automatically analyzed they figure out how to how to defeat it and then send out the update to everybody else that has one you're going to have the best updates for any threat that happens to come across one of these these devices i thought that was actually kind of kind of wicked those pretty sweet to be honest um also besides all of the, the security and the firewall they actually have parental controls built into this too. So just as we talked about with the security episode a few uh, few weeks ago, you know, it has a lot of the same thing, has the, the age range, web filter, has device limits, content block, you know, the, kind of that, that whole parental thing that we talked about on the, one of the previous episodes. So this little thing can do a lot and it's customizable on how secure you want to be. So you you hold all the cards, you decide how secure and how uh, crazy you want to go with it but the best part is it's all on you you decide how, how much you want to do now these will run you around 200 bucks uh, there are some that are less but if you want to look for a certain model of them um if you i'm suggesting grab a piece of uh, paper and a pen real quick if, you, if this kind of interests you and write this model number down that i'm going to give you it's 1-CU0001-A-R-LT I know that's a mouthful but you want to look for that particular model because there's a subscription service that is attached to these things so when if you get one of the sm- one of the less uh, lower priced ones the ones that are you know $99 they're going to have the additional cost of the subscription attached to it this model actually has the lifetime subscription bundled into the price so you pay one price and you're done and if you with something like this with all the updates that it can that it can get and will get over the course of at least the eight or ten years that you're probably going to be using it two hundred bucks is cheap i mean that's dirt cheap what does the future hold for all of these devices uh... i went through and pulled a few different lists kind of looking at this subject and most of them had a lot of the same thing so I went ahead and just kinda went with the one from uh, ITProPortal.com and this is what they can kinda we can kinda expect in the coming years as far as Internet of Things first is the devices are gonna become more prevalent I mean we kinda uh, talked about that earlier you know 2020 they're talking 30 billion devices so there's gonna be a massive upswing in the devices that are gonna be coming out and it's not gonna be just small devices It's gonna be bigger ones Amazon just recently announced that they have a smart microwave that has Alexa built into it now why did they do that I have no idea but hey that's something new you can control your microwave with you with your Alexa at home more power to you that's all good I, I I don't have an Alexa. I have the Google Homes here. But, um, yeah, I I don't have a problem with doing that. I I just think it would be kind of weird to set the timer with with an Alexa. But to each his own. I'm not going to discourage anybody that does it. Now, keep in mind, they're already Wi-Fi-enabled appliances, Uh, like your washer-dryers, your refrigerators, and stuff like that. Those are already Wi-Fi-enabled, but they're kind of standalone. They basically only work with their brand and their kind of own little ecosystem. And a lot of what we're gonna see too over the next few years is these are actually gonna branch out and be integrated with other smart devices like the Google Assistant and Alexa and stuff like that. So a lot of the bigger bigger name brands and stuff are gonna start branching out and everything's gonna kind of start to coalesce. So next, I talked earlier about the 2017 Hack at Dine. Uh, ddos attacks will be a lot more prevalent also now the reason why the attack happened in 2017 was because in 2016 somebody wrote a malware code for internet of things devices and basically you could take this code modify it and it can be it's it's out there on the dark web already it can just be modified and put into use right now so malware attacks and everything using these devices are going to be a lot more prevalent, unfortunately. Now, uh, just in case I don't, didn't tell you what a DDoS attack is, that's actually a distributed denial of service. And basically that just takes a whole lot of devices and they try, they flood one server with so much information that it can't take it anymore and it goes offline. That's what that was. That's, that's what happened at Dyn and that they used thermostats for that one but like I said it can be any smart device that can this can happen to you if you see it in the news later on you know it it's it may become a little bit more prevalent okay moving on third living areas will now be smart areas cities will become smart because they will have more information gathering devices like surveillance cameras and video kiosks which will all be connected to the Internet and they'll have enhanced jobs to perform and they'll be able to do that more effectively with a lot less chance of error people have already started investing in your know, smart homes and they're going to start having a lot of these homes are going to be built to spec some of the newer homes that'll have all of these devices already built into them when they're first built you know they'll have the nest thermostats the phillips hue light bulbs you know that kind of thing so they're talking the actual. Smart home industry and the devices is going to be about 53 billion dollars worth by 2020 They're thinking it's going to be 30 billion devices and they're going to make 53 billion dollars By that year That's insane That is insane. That is a lot of money So what's net what's after that fourth? artificial intelligence will become a trend from coffee makers to refrigerators our houses, indoor and outdoor lighting, all your smart devices that are connected to the internet will learn the user's patterns and habits, they'll respond accordingly, and the machine learning will be done less and less by people. They will have less people actually doing the programming. The programming will be done based on the the AI that's in their cloud servers. So they're going to have less people even dealing with this. They're going to actually program themselves. So that's kind of kind of funky, but depending on how how they how they're programmed to begin, as to how they're going to work in the future. So we can trust a little bit, I think, to make sure that we don't have a future Skynet in our hands. But we shall see. So, and finally, according to their list routers will be more equipped with security now a lot of third-party routers now have a few little security things you know here and there but most of them are still vulnerable to hackers if they haven't been updated a lot of the manufacturers will put out security updates when they find stuff usually once a month if you haven't updated your router recently please go do it it's (laughs) it'll probably help you in the long run and it's not just security issues too that they do but they do they do uh, feature enhancements and stuff to help it work better so it's it's always good to keep your your router up to date but being that there's gonna have so many devices coming online that hackers are gonna have a whole lot more devices to try to hack so the routers in turn are gonna have to be built with security enabled so that you are safe now they do have one out now that from uh, Norton which is the same people that have the antivirus software and it's called the Norton core router and basically it's a secure router and it's built with antivirus and anti-malware capabilities built into it its main purpose is the security of your network now that goes from from DNS attacks to encryption of your data, uh, and it gets security updates automatically and regularly. Uh, it's the first router with your data's security in mind. Now, because all of these devices are gonna be coming out soon and they're gonna have so many of them, a lot of these manufacturers are really gonna have no choice but to kind of start putting these features into their own routers if they wanna be relevant. Just kind of be out on the lookout for that too. Is the security will be a hot button issue when it comes to internet of things in the in the future. I can promise you that. They'll go hand in hand. You know, as the as the amount of devices goes up, the amount of hacks goes up also. So it it will be a fight between the consumer and the hacker that wants to use them. So just keep that in mind. We want to make sure everybody's safe. But through all of that, we are living in a great new wave of technology guys. It seems like it's, it changes pretty much every day. It gets bigger, it gets crazier, but it, that's the exciting part. And we get to witness all of that firsthand. So we're in the beginning stages of how all these tiny little things can help us in our day-to-day lives and make our lives simpler. Because, I mean, if the Jetsons was a push-button future, our future is going to be voice-activated. Everything will be at our beck and call. We can use our Google Voice or Amazon Alexa to do anything that we want. And speaking of anything that we want, I want to thank you all for listening. That's going to be the end of this episode. I do hope I've kind of given you a little bit better grasp on this smart home phenomenon. I know it's a lot to take on all at once, but I kind of hope I laid a little bit of the groundwork for you. Uh, On a later episode, we may pick up one brand specifically and kind of do a deep dive into it so we can kind of see exactly what it can all do for you. Uh, I'm going to put a reminder on on my calendar to do that. And uh, don't forget, as a reminder, go check out our past episodes on iTunes, on SoundCloud, the Google Play Store, and on Stitcher. You can also check out the Facebook page for show updates, some good tech articles, and uh, also some good funny pictures too. If you have any questions, show ideas, or comments, please don't hesitate to email me at downsouthit at gmail.com. I do appreciate all your time, and I want to thank you, every, everybody, again that participated in Echo Dot giveaway. And also want to give another congratulations to our Winnetara. I do hope you enjoy the Echo, and based on our conversation, she might be our first in-call interview to figure out exactly how to set the damn thing up. So we'll see how that goes. But be that as it may, and of course, as always, I like to paraphrase Albert Hubbard to end out the show: technology. replace the work of many ordinary people but it could never replace the work of one extraordinary person so go out and be extraordinary today thank you all again for listening i'll see y'all next time on the down south it podcast later